And welcome to Bags and Boards. Coming up on tonight's show, we talk about Grand Prix from GMT Games, plus news, new releases, games on Kickstarter, and more. What have we been playing? What games have we picked up lately? Find out tonight on Bags and Boards. And welcome to the show. I'm Lance McFarland here with D. Clark. D. How's it going? Doing well, Lance. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, D. This is a very different week. We're starting something new here on the show. I'm pretty excited about it, actually. Yeah. Uh, our show is now recorded live in Studio A and uh, also being brought to you by Game and Movie Traders. Buy, sell, and trade both new and used video games for any console, DVDs and Blu-ray, and comic books. They also feature a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering and other collectible card games. They're located at 2900 West Washington Street, Suite 60, next to the movie theater, and can be reached by calling 965-GAME. Online at facebook.com slash gameandmovietraders.sville. D. Yes, sir. I'm excited, man. Thank you to Game of Movie Traders for coming on as the sponsor of Bags and Boards. Yes, sir. We appreciate that, guys. And uh, tonight we're talking about something fun. We're talking about Grand Prix from GMT Games. People are going to notice a few different things about the show. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to be one hour now instead of two hours. That's right. A little more digestible, but we're also going to be weekly instead of biweekly. Exactly. Now. So I'm pretty excited about that. D, how's your week been? My week's been good. I've uh, gotten a lot of games in. I've gotten... Uh, been busy. I've gotten plenty of work. It's just been an all-around good week. Awesome, man. I uh, I haven't gotten as many games as I would like to in, which is kind of the uh, story of my life. Right? True. I would like to play uh, tons of games all the time, but you know, two-year-olds are the uh, are the remedy for wanting to play games. You know. <laughs> so uh, if you're just joining us and you've never heard bags and boards, we're a weekly board game review and discussion show here on KXTR. 100.7 The Planet, covering everything in today's designer hobby board game world. We're on Twitter at Bags and Boards TX, at Facebook.com slash Bags and Boards, and Bags and Boards TX at gmail.com. You can find all of this info on our SoundCloud page at SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards, plus all of our past reviews and interviews and our RSS feed address, which allows you to add our show to any podcast catcher like Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Dee, we're going to get to the news, but I want to say another difference here is that if you're listening online, we're in a new era of our show online. We're going to be live on KXTR 100.7, just like you're listening right now if you're listening on the radio, 6 to 7 on Wednesday nights. Um, and you can listen at kxtr.com. Click the Listen Live button there. But if you're listening on SoundCloud or on any of your podcast catchers, we're now going to be releasing our episodes in full. That's right. You know, used to, if you were listening online on SoundCloud, you were listening to single reviews, single interviews, things like that. But from now on, it's going to be full episodes. So this is... Bags and Boards, episode one of the new era. I'm excited. I'm really excited. So, Dee, before we get to the news, any other cool stuff going on lately? Any movies, video games, anything like that? Um, I've, I've downloaded, kind of board game related, um, you know the uh, deck building game Star Realms? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, they have an app that is free for you to play with by yourself where you can pay, with, you can, uh, pay money and play either via internet or you can pass the phone and play with people. Yeah, and that's the only way I've ever played Star Realms is the app. I've never played the real game. Well, I just got the app, and man, I have been playing this thing so much. It's it a is, fun game. It is a really good game, and it is like it's perfect recreation. It's like a simple deck builder 
but that like just it's one of those it's really addictive so like, yes it's a lot simpler to play and smaller than say dominion or something like that but it's just so like just like oh i want to play again i want to play again i want to play again exactly you know? and there's also a um a cthulhu realms from Tasty Minstrel Games by really? the same designer, okay. which uh, has a few different mechanics. And a newer game from the same designer is called Fields of Green, which is the exact same mechanics, but it's a farming simulation, which you know me and my farming sims. Yeah. So I really want to play Fields of Green. Sounds good. But So that's uh, the video game version or the app version. You yeah, it's a, it's a phone app that I'm playing. Yeah, awesome, man. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that is a really good app. I don't play a lot of board game apps or a lot of just games and video games in general, but that one is fun. Yes. I had it on my phone for a while, uh, but I don't now for some reason. Hmm. D? I don't know. I don't know either, man, but thanks, everyone, <laughs> for joining us. I've done – I haven't even watched SmackDown this week. You are behind. I haven't finished it. I've watched Raw, and I've watched 205 Live, and I watched part of SmackDown, but I haven't finished SmackDown. I haven't watched NXT. Okay. Um, I'm trying to catch up on Ring of Honor. I will I will forever be behind on wrestling. That's unfortunate. That's the state of my life is behind on wrestling. I've caught up on everything that I keep up with, but uh, the current week, I wait until Wednesday once all the WWE stuff is out and Lucha Underground is out, and then I just eat it all at once. Man. I take one night and just go, tonight's wrestling. I wish I could do that, D. I really wish I could do that. This but, is what um, life is like when you don't have a two-year-old living with you. Oh, man. I, uh, you know, it's, uh, I just got to get rid of him, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to go live somewhere else. Or sure. get, a, get a job. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but anyway, so I'll get caught up on wrestling at some point. I can't believe, though, it's almost Tuesday and I haven't finished wrestling from last Tuesday. Yeah. That's when you just go, I'm just going to watch the new episode and not worry about it. You can. That's, there, with WWE, you can do that. What That's was the main true. event on SmackDown? Don't tell me who won. Um, now I have to remember. Um, Heath, Rhino, Heath Slater and Rhino faced the Wyatt family again, but that wasn't the main event. Yeah, I saw that. Trying to remember what the uh, what the actual main event was. Because it was I can't supposed remember. to be uh, AJ and uh, um, that, that Ellsworth. Didn't, that but, didn't yeah, happen yeah. because of injury. Uh-huh. I'm trying to remember what it actually was. And I can't remember. AJ Styles injured his butt cheek. Well, that was not the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just <laughs> He ripped a big hole in his pants. Yeah, he did. Days. But anyway, so yeah, I'll get caught up on wrestling. But D, let's get on to the news right after this. Hip-hop you can't find anywhere else. Anywhere, anywhere else. This is a journey into sound. Right here on 100.7. Are you ready? A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value. Um, it's probably when I'm leaving work at night, usually, like, I'm a manager, so it has a lot of stress, so it just really, like, gets my night finished to a good end, and it just makes me happy. With all is ready, I throw this switch. Pump up the volume, pump up the volume. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Bags and Boards here on KXTR. 100.7 The Planet. Time to talk about some news and other cool stuff going on in the board game world. D, I don't know how Dice Masters is doing now. It doesn't seem to be as much of the talk of, no, it's, of the town as much anymore. It has definitely gone downhill for really? several reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think just like the number of sets that come out that is, just got crazy. That is certainly part of it. Um, Oversaturation. Issues, issues with rules, um, yeah. lack of consistency on the part of WizKids has been... Probably the main factor, but also there is a new kid in town, and uh, I would argue that it's pretty much a direct competition for Dice Masters in Star Wars Destiny. Really? Yeah. And people have just jumped on board for that? Very much so. Well, as long as there's something for local game shops to sell 
and that can get people hooked on it. I mean, it'd be nice if people had the cash to spend on both, but right. unfortunately- That's not going to happen. Especially if you already play Magic and Force of Will or whatever right. you play, you know. But uh, anyway, so WizKids is going to be releasing Marvel Dice Masters X-Men First Class in April 2017. This is pretty cool because this is the first kind of offshoot- of one of the main sets that they've done. So yes. this is X-Men First Class, which means that they're going to go back and the X-Men characters are going to be the original X-Men in their original suits. So uh, it's not going to be part of the main current Marvel Universe. Correct. You know? Which is pretty interesting. I like X-Men First Class. I like the original comic book. Uh, the movie was good. Um, that Jason Aaron uh X-Men First Class comic book. Not Jason Aaron. It's by somebody. But uh, the X-Men First Class comic book is very, very good. Um, it's cool to go back to, like, a 60s comic book. And, and redo it. And tell, like, modern-like stories. Sure. You know, set in that time. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, because 60s comics are just really hokey. But telling in a modern sensibility, you know, it's pretty cool. Right. But anyway, that's going to be coming out in April 2017. D something I think is pretty cool. Something I don't know if I'll ever play, but I just think it's cool. Uh, Restoration Games, a new company headed by Rob Davio and his attorney. His attorney? Justin Jacobson. So apparently I heard an interview with Rob and he said his attorney had this idea. And he was like, no, man, you don't want to start a game company. This attorney apparently represents a lot of game designers and publishers. And uh, he was like, no, but this is the idea. And Rob Davio went, that's a pretty good idea. So what they're going to be doing is they're going to re-release old games and they're going to restore them. Not only are they going to update the components and the artwork, but they're going to update the rules and give them a modern sensibility. Okay. So, uh, the first thing they're going to be doing, they're going to be releasing three games at Gen Con 2017. The first is going to be Stop Thief. Have you ever heard of that game? I have not. So, oddly enough, I know about Stop Thief because an, uh, an old employee of the radio station, Sharon Trimble, she... Uh, like to talk about this game. This was her favorite board game. Okay. And she actually brought it here to the radio station one day and showed me. And it's just a game from the 70s or 80s, I believe the 80s, where you're trying to catch a thief. Um, It's kind of like a roll and move game, but there's like an electronic component. Okay. So what they're going to be doing with the new version of Stop Thief, it's going to use an app to represent that electronic voice of the of the original game. Okay. So it's going to be pretty cool. They're going to be also going to be re-releasing Indulgence, which is a re-theme of a trick-taking game called Dragon Master from 1981. Ever hear of that one? Have not. Yeah, that game either. came out the year I was born, man. Oh, man, D, 1981. There you go, given your age. Yep. Yeah. So the last one they're going to be re-releasing at Gen Con 2017 is called Downforce. This is a remake of a Wolfgang Kramer uh game called Top Race, which has players bidding on race contestants and playing cards to manipulate that race. That sounds kind of cool, right? That sounds fun. So you're bidding, and then you're trying to like make things go your way while other people are trying to make things go a different way. Yep. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Sounds good. And Wolfgang Kramer is near and dear to my heart, uh, co-designer of wonderful games like Cole Baron and Tikal and... Uh, Mexica, just like the Mask Trilogy, great, great designer. So, I mean, re-releasing one of his games from the 90s uh, is a pretty cool idea. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about Restoration Games. That'll be one I might actually give a shot to. I, um, they, they definitely have my attention. Yeah. So uh, the next thing, Creative Child Magazine, which I hadn't heard of, but uh, Creative Child Magazine is named Brick Party from Renegade Game Studios, their Game of the Year. Okay. So I imagine that um, I just like this because it seems like you're kind of turning a corner, right? You've got um, you've got all these mass market games that have probably been taking awards like this right. year after year, and now you're starting to get more hobby board games taking awards like this. Well, and I would imagine Creative Child Magazine would would name something their game of the year that is 
at least mostly kid friendly. Yeah, for sure. You know, you're you're going to get something that can be played by most, if not all, ages. Yeah, and this one's cool because Brick Party is a party game where you that has Legos in it, right? Or uh, uh, Lego bricks um, as Lego bricks in it, and you have to build certain things with the Lego bricks, right? But what's happening on the other hand is that you get uh, cards, I guess, that tell you a certain way you have to build it. So, like, without using your thumbs or with your eyes closed, things like that. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty cool game. Um, so, the new Smash Up expansion, if you're a fan of Smash Up, it's called What Were We Thinking? It's going to include explorers. So, think like um, Indiana Jones or uh, what's the uh, female? Uh, Laura Croft. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, yeah. So, it's going to include explorers, rock stars, teddy bears, and grannies. What were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, so I think this brings us up to, I believe, 50 different factions for Smash Up. Is there such a thing as too many? I don't know. Well, they released the Big Geeky Box, which I have, and I've only got the first three expansions. I got the base game and the first three expansions, which right. is probably enough for me forever. Okay. Unless they just release an expansion with a faction that I have to have, you know. Um, but that, uh, let's see, that's eight... Uh, eight, 12, six, that's, I've got 20 of the factions. Okay. And the big geeky box that they released, it doesn't even take up one third of that box. Oh man. So they're going to release at least, um, at least 40 more factions to fill up that box. And I imagine that's their goal is to fill that box. Is to fill the box. Sure. That would make sense. But yeah, that's the next uh, expansion if you're interested. The cool thing about Smash Up is that they've got enough expansions now where you can just look at what factions are in there and say, buy the two expansions that have the most factions that you're interested in. Right. Like the Cthulhu expansion, unless you just really like Cthulhu, isn't all that cool. Right. Um, but like the one that it's called sci-fi something, it's got like time travelers and robot apes and stuff like that. It's right. pretty cool. So uh, Stronghold Games is going to be releasing the United States version of the card game based on Colbaron. It's called Colbaron, the Great Card Game. The original was released by R&R in the U.S., the new one, the new game being released by Stronghold. So I just actually talked about Colbaron with Wolfgang Kramer. Colbaron is one of my favorite games. It's a very uh, light, medium weight game. Okay. But it's like, it's one of the smoothest Euro games you'll ever play. So, you know, Lagrania is a really smooth Euro game. Yes. But this one is just, it's so much fun. And, you know, I, I wonder if the card game is going to lose a little bit of the essence of Colbaron because one of the fun things about Colbaron is everybody's got this board in front of them that's actually got this, uh, like, inch-wide slit in it okay. where you move this elevator up and down, picking up coal and bringing it to the top. So it's got a real tactile element Interesting. of doing the thing you're doing in the game. Right. And that won't be there with the card game. So I wonder if it's going to lose a little bit. But I'm definitely excited to check it out. Sure. I'm I'm always good. Uh, I'm, I'm always excited about revisiting games I like in, in a card game version or a dice game version. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, uh, Dungeons & Dragons, D, this is exciting, has been inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. That's interesting. I'm, you know, when I think of toys, I don't think of Dungeons & Dragons, but I realize that their definition for the Toy Hall of Fame is extremely broad. I mean, isn't the cardboard box in the National Toy Hall of Fame? Yeah, it is. So, I mean, I think the way they're thinking of it and the way I like to think of it is a toy being something that facilitates play. Right. Which, it definitely falls under that category. Yeah, Dungeons & Dragons is kind of extra broad because it's not even a game with components and things you touch. But, I mean, unless you buy miniatures for Dungeons & Dragons. I mean, you you dice. You buy dice. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean... 
Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, they've got the cardboard box, bubble wrap. I mean, it's it's extremely broad. Swings. Yeah. So, yeah, if the cardboard box can be in there, Dungeons & Dragons can be in oh, there. Oh, sure. And, so. like, obviously, I'm a huge D&D fan. Yeah. Um, play as often as I can, probably. Yeah. Um, but uh, the fact that it made it into the Toy Hall of Fame, like, that's certainly not something that I would have expected or even really considered. Yeah, yeah, it's I just, agree. It's surprising, but it's pleasant. Yeah, but cool nonetheless. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, Cool Mini or Not is going to be releasing the English language version of Lorenzo Il Magnifico. So, for everyone wondering <laughs> where that was going to come out from in the U.S., it's, uh, it's probably, I think it made my number two or number three most excited game coming out at Essen. Right. It's by a bunch of designers. It's three designers that have done games together each, but all three of them have never gotten together. So between them, they've released games like The Voyages of Marco Polo, Grand Austria Hotel, Zulkin the Mayan Calendar. These are all great games. So yeah, it's a it's a Euro game, a dice drafting Euro game set in the Italian Renaissance. We have never played one of those. Never. <laughs> so uh uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, I love boring themes on Euro games. It's I okay. don't know why. I just I'm obsessed with them. Yes, dude. you are. You like boring themes. And I'm I don't just know why. Obsessed like obsessed with it. To each their own. You're very happy with it. It's weird. It's like if I look at if I look at a board game with monsters or mechs or something on the cover, I go, oh, that looks cool. And then I look at the spines of Agricola and Lahav. Yep. And I just like go, oh, that's where it's at. I don't know what it is, but it's something. It just draws me in. Like, I think in a I think in a previous life you were a farmer. That might be true actually. And uh I don't know. I think it's in the same way I don't know. Like I, I couldn't just listen to rock. I had to listen to punk rock. I couldn't just read comics. I had to read indie comics. Right. And then indie comics weren't even enough. I started having to read like uh self published indie comics. Oh man. You know? I don't know. I've just got that uh that there's a there's a there's a hipster somewhere deep down inside. Yep, you gotta you gotta be different, man. Trying to get out. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so uh, last bit of news: Ravensburger is going to be releasing the 10th anniversary editions of Stefan Feld's games Notre Dame and In the Year of the Dragon, and it's going to include all released expansions for those games. And actually, something kind of weird: uh, one of them on the back says that it's going to have the expansion for Castles of Burgundy. So like. It's going Ooh. to include an expansion for a game. That's a not whole even their game. Yeah. Weird, huh? That is weird. I'm really excited about this because um, these are games that have not been out for a while. Yeah. And you can pick up the game and all of the expansions all at once. So yeah. There's no hunting. It's one purchase, done, go. Yeah. It's almost like them doing a big box, but there's not enough expansions for the games to call it a big box. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that's it for the news. When we come back, we'll be going over Kickstarter, talking about the games we played last week and uh, any games we picked up this week. So, D, we'll be right back here on Bags and Boards. The Stephenville Parks and Recreation Department and the Chamber of Commerce would like to invite you to join them for the Holly Jolly Christmas. Activities at the Family Fun Community event will include the official lighting of the Christmas tree, pictures with Santa, and much more. The event will be held on December 15th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Downtown Square in Plaza. For more information, you can contact the Stephenville Chamber of Commerce at 254-965-5313. And welcome back to Bags and Boards. I'm Lance McFarlane here with D. Clark. If you're just joining us, Bags and Boards is a weekly board game review and discussion show here on KXTR 
100.7 The Planet. We're brought to you by Games and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, next door to the movie theater here in Stephenville. They carry a selection of board and card games, including Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and more. They also host groups and tournaments for all these games, plus Dungeons & Dragons, Warhammer 40K, and more. For more information, they can be reached at 965-GAME or at facebook.com slash gameandmovietradersville. So, D, let's get into Kickstarter right now. So, just a couple of things on Kickstarter. The first being, and we talked about this last episode, but this is about to end. So, Vital Lacerda's new game, Lisboa, ends tomorrow and has funded over $200,000 of a $50,000 goal with 13 stretch goals unlocked. It's going to be pretty pricey to get in, though. I think it's an $80 game. I think it is. So, I went um, and looked at it and decided it was too much. I remember that. It's definitely something I want to play at some point. I love Vital Lacerda. Yes. And... Uh, uh, we'll talk about another game of his uh, reprint coming out in uh, in the games that got released this week. But man, Vital Lacerda has my number. I love his designs, and uh, his new one is ending tomorrow. So go check it out if it sounds interesting. It's called Liz Boa. So a second printing of Vast: The Crystal Cavern is on Kickstarter and ends on the nineteenth. So this game is really interesting. This game is asymmetry at its finest. So I love asymmetrical games. Sure. Um, and a game that can do asymmetry like this game is kind of mind-blowing, actually. And this game is supposed to be really good. Like I said, this is a second printing. So the game has players taking on different roles that each have a certain task. So if you're playing the knight, you have to kill the dragon. If you're playing the goblin, you have to kill the knight. The dragon must escape through the entrance. The thief has to steal the treasure. And the person playing the cave has, has to, to expand and collapse. So uh, pretty crazy, huh? Sounds good. Someone actually plays the cave in this game. It's... uh. Certainly different. Yeah, for sure. And the artwork for this game is just really, really good. I, I'm I'm a big fan of the way this game looks. Right. And uh, like I said, I like asymmetry in games, and this one has that down. So, D, uh, what games did you play this week? So we're talking about Grand Prix uh, on the episode today, but uh, play anything else? Obviously played some Grand Prix. Yeah. Played some Star Realms, as I mentioned earlier. Um, got to play a little Doomtown Reloaded. Okay. Um Played some Pathfinder, speaking of D&D, going into the Hall of Fame. Pathfinder coming from directly from D&D 3rd Edition. Um, played uh, a little bit of Hero Quest, another RPG board game type. Um, let me think, what else have I played? Played a little Coup, just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Kind yeah, of been yeah. all over the place, man. That's cool, man. I wish I, uh, I wish I had gotten to play more games. I played Grand Prix, and I got on... Um, I got on Tabletopia, right, and I played through a couple turns of the solo game of Vinos. Okay, because they released the uh, Vinos Deluxe Edition onto Tabletopia. Saw that, man. I love Tabletopia. We're gonna have to jump on Tabletopia sometime, play some Scythe or some Vinos or something. Because that would be really easy to do. Yeah, just like at night after the kiddo goes to bed, and we can't necessarily get to the game shop and don't want to. To have all the time of setting up the game and tearing it down, just like jump on Tabletopia. Because Tabletopia, I, I texted you this last week, but it's now free. It is. So I don't believe everything's free to play. I think it's now at the point where if you have a free account, you can jump into any game, but you need to have someone with a paid account to start that game. I believe that is correct. So I've got a paid account, so we can pretty much play anything we want to play. Sure. We, we've really got to do that. Do you have it downloaded yet? I do. Really? You yeah. Do. Awesome. I jumped. I jumped in, played half of a game of Scythe before the guy who was hosting it realized that he was going to lose terribly and quit the game. Oh, that's a yeah punk move. Isn't yeah, it? it was. It was something. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the coolest thing on there is that there's 
ton, they have tons of games on there that have solo options. Yes. So even if you can't find anyone to play with, you can play solo. And it's uh, the interesting thing about Tabletopia is that there's no rules enforcement. None. None so at all. So you have to know the rules of the game or you just get the rules wrong. And and play it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could get rules wrong just like you do in real life. You yes. Know? It, is, it is a good simulator of playing the actual game. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, that's all of the games on Kickstarter right now and the games we played. Dee, did you get any games in? None. In the last couple of weeks? Absolutely none. I've gotten a couple of games in. Dee, I got, um, I got a game that I've been very, 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 very excited about. All right. And that is La Grania. The dice game, no siesta. Yes, I have not gotten it to the table. At some point, if I if we, that's the next game we're going to cover, I believe. So I'm either going to get it played solo, or me and you are going to play it a bunch over the next couple of weeks. I certainly want to get my hands on it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I know it's not going to be Lagrania, right? But I think it's that that dice drafting mechanic from Lagrania is so much fun that I'm really excited about this, and I do love those like. Yahtzee style dice games where you've got like a score sheet and you're marking different things off as you get them. Yes. Uh, sort of like Quinto and Quicks that you can get. And I can't think of any of the other ones. Like Roll Through the Ages, games like that, where you've you've got like things, you know, like Yahtzee, things you have to, conditions you have to meet. And once you get that, you can mark it off. And Correct. And you score points. But this one's got everything in it. It's got the market barrows. It's got the siesta track. It's got roof markers. But it, it all comes out in dice rolls. So you just take every bit of Lagrania and distill it down into that one mechanism from Lagrania. I'm excited. I I'm really, really want to play it. I'm excited too. So uh, I also have on the way a copy of Orleans. Yes. Which I'm really excited about. And I believe a copy of um, Pyramid Arcade on the way. Should have you heard of Pyramid good. Arcade? I have. I'm excited about that. Pyramid Arcade is a collection. It's just a bunch of pyramids. So Looney Labs does this thing called Pyramids. And the probably the most famous games are Ice House and Zendo. You can just play a ton of different games with these pyramids. So with Pyramid Arcade, what they did was they just released a box full of all different sizes and shapes of these pyramids and a book with the rules to, I think, 20 or 30 different pyramid games. And, I, you know, Ice House is in there. Zendo's not, even though it's probably like the best of the pyramid games. Right. But yesterday I realized that they're going to be doing a second, a new edition of Zendo, which is probably why they didn't include it. That's almost certainly why, yeah. Um, you know, there's some like, it, the whole pyramid thing's really interesting because there's like rare pyramids out there. Yes. Like that they released a little bit of, like, you know, there's like a translucent pink pyramid that if you can get, like it's really rare to have that, you know. But anyway, so Pyramid Arcade, I'm excited to get my hands on that. It's kind of like it's kind of like 504, right? Like which 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 of the many many games do you want to play to review? Yes, to talk about here on the show. Like which I don't know. So anyway, uh, yeah. So those are the games I have on the way. I think I've got some more, and I know I got another game in, and I just cannot remember what it was. But um, I'll, we'll figure it out. We'll Absolutely. talk about it next time. So, D, uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about new board game releases and release dates, and then we're going to be getting into our review of the week, Grand Prix from GMT Games. We'll be right back. Game and Movie Traders in Stephenville proudly supports KXTR 100.7. Buy, sell, and trade your favorite video games for any console, DVDs, Blu-rays, comic books, and board games. 
Game and Movie Traders is also home to Circle A Skate Shop, offering skateboards, longboards, and other accessories. The store is located at 2900 West Washington, Suite 60, right next to the movie theater, or at 965-GAME. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Lance McFarland here with D. Clark. You're listening to Bags and Boards, the board game review and discussion show here on KXTR 100.7 The Planet. Just real quick, Circle A Skate Shop is located inside Games and Movie Trader in Stephenville, next door to the movie theater. They offer skateboards and longboards and carry accessories, including trucks, wheels, skate videos, and more. Information at 965-GAME or by searching Circle A Skate Shop Stephenville on Facebook. So, D, let's get into the new board game releases for this week. So, first up, we've got reprints of Gipf, Yinch, and Czar. So, uh, this uh, was a series called The Gipf Project that was released, you know, quite a few years ago. Right. So, the designer of these games did six abstract games, and they're supposed to be incredible abstract games. I'm not much of an abstract gamer, but people that play these, these are some of their favorite abstract games. Right. So I believe they're doing reprints of all six of these games, and they're doing a brand new seventh game. They're actually doing an interesting contest right now where uh, the I think the first person to guess the name of the newest, the newest game right. wins some sort of prize. It's on their Facebook, and they've got clues to the letters. You know, they're all spelled really weird, like GIPF is G-I-P-F. Right. So you're you're trying to guess the name of this new game, you know. So also Ponzi Scheme and the Oracle of Delphi from Tasty Minstrel Games. Uh, the Oracle of Delphi is Stefan Feld's new game. Yes. You know, Stefan Feld has gone down a kind of a an interesting path here as of late. Aquasphere was a really thematic Euro game that got mixed reviews. I mean, there were people that really gave it a chance and really loved it, but then it just kind of fell off. I mean, you can get a copy of Aquasphere for pennies. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it it did not hold well in the market. Let's word it that way. Yeah, it came and went for sure. And his new game is also really thematic. Um, The interesting thing here is you've got different colored dice in this game. Yes. And um, you are... Those dice are, you know, um, messages from the oracles, and you're drafting that. I don't know. It's a cool game. It's got a cool theme. So it's like Stefan Feld taking his Euro mechanics and actually adding theme to them, which is always cool, you know? Uh, At the Gates of Loyang is also coming out. That's a reprint of a Stefan Feld game. Uh, That's from Tasty Minstrel Games as well. So from Stronghold Games, Stronghold blows my mind regularly with the number of games. He's got... Stephen Bonacore is the only employee of Stronghold Games. Yes, it is a one-man show. He uh, And up until this year, he had a day job, like a full-time day job. Right. And now he he does Stronghold Games full-time, but he still just does it from his guest room in his house. And he's a one-man operation. And the number of games he releases every year is staggering. So just now, and I know he had he's had plenty come out throughout the year, and there's still more to come this year, or at least right at the beginning of next year. So just last week, or within the last couple of weeks, The Great Western Trail, which looks so awesome from Alexander Pfister, The Fog of War, Jorvik, another new game from Stefan Feld. Stefan right. Feld, a lot of games releasing recently. Sola Fide, The Reformation, and La Grania No Siesta, the dice game, all from Stronghold Games in the last couple of weeks. Maduris from Haba is kind of, uh, you know, last year Haba started releasing more like medium weight family games yes. rather than just children's games. And this is their new one. It's from designer Stefan Dora. Uh, Maduris from Haba Games, Pandemic Iberia, the new version of Pandemic from Z-Man Games, is out. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past from IDW is out. I don't know what to think about this one, D. It hasn't gotten a lot of hype. I haven't even seen a review about it. 
But I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so much. But IDW, man, I remember when we first started the show, Larrett and I, we um, we would talk about IDW like, how cool is this? This is a, a comic book company that has original properties right. and also does uh, tons of comic books based on TV shows and movies. Right. And they can take any of this and make board games based on them. Plus, they can do the original board games and board games they import from other companies in other countries. But, man, IDW has just seemed to, like just fizzle out completely. They still release a lot of games, but none of them get good reviews at all. It's like they're just making really bad decisions on the games they release. And I can't say that firsthand. I haven't played any of them. I haven't played any of IDW's games, um, but the pattern strongly suggests that there needs to be some sort of change made. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of somewhere in their their game design department, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because you're right, everything that I've seen by them has not been well received by the community as a large, or even cared about at all. Like, no, there's not even really any hype or anything like that. Um, that said, this is the first that I've heard of this, so that yeah. says something right there. Yeah, and it's a big game. I mean, it was on Kickstarter, um, and I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is such a huge property. Oh yes, and has been since the late '80s. That if you're putting out a big miniatures game based on that property. People should know about it. Everyone should know about it. I don't know, man. It, it is really interesting. So that's how I want to play it. It's called Shadows of the Past. It's just a big Ninja Turtles miniatures game. Sure. So uh, Scythe, Invaders from Afar from Stonemaier Games is out. So this is an expansion for Scythe. just kind of came out out of the blue. And the, the interesting thing here is that it's like, oh, a Scythe expansion. I really want to get that. But if you really look at it, all it is is those two other factions. Okay. So on the main scythe board, you've got these two spaces that aren't used, and those are for future expansions. And right. here's that expansion. Here it is. But all that allows you to do is play up to seven players, and I don't want to play that game seven players. I do at least once just to do it. Yeah. I'm I'm one of those gluttons who wants to see how bad it is. Yeah. So uh, I would like to have the other factions just for more variety in a three-player game or a four-player game. Right. But um, it, I'm not. I'm not really drawn to this expansion. But it's definitely for someone. With uh, with six or seven people on the board, um, the objectives of win a win a combat. Yeah. Are definitely going to come into play. You know, with three people, we played it multiple times where we finished the game and there was never a fight. Yeah, that's true. With yeah. six or seven people on the board, it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. It's going to get bloody. Yeah, and that four-player game we played, there were definitely more battles than there were. And yes. that, the, you know, Scythe is meant to not have many battles. Right. That's kind of the whole point of the game is it's supposed to be a Euro game with a few little Euro, uh, Meritrash mechanics. It's, for, it's almost a Cold War feel to it because it does have the, the, the pseudo-World War One, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. standoff, this is my territory, you yeah. can't have it. Type feel. Yeah, for sure. And Invaders from Afar, uh, the factions, I believe, are kind of Asian-influenced factions. I was under the impression one of them was, uh, like, basically England. Oh, it might be. And then the other one, an Asian. Yes. Because that one's got, like, a, uh, I think one has, uh, I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what the animals are. One of them's a green boar, and I don't remember what the other one is, but yeah, the green right. boar just gives me very much a Celtic feel to it. Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, maybe we'll get to play it at some point. I don't know. I'm not really that worried about it. It's not very expensive, but it's sold out online. I'm, I I don't know if my friend, because I had a friend who recently picked up Scythe. You and I talked about that okay, off the yeah. air. Um, I don't know if he's picked this up yet because it is sold out. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that once it comes in, he'll probably grab it. Okay. And if he does, I will definitely be playing some of it. 
Awesome, man. Yeah, I would I would definitely like to try the factions, but not the not the seven player game, right? Or the six player game. So, um, D, uh, that I believe is everything. No, we got a couple of more releases. There's there was a couple things that came out in the last few days. So first of all, we've got Vinos the Deluxe Edition. Yes, from Eagle Griffin Games. So. Uh, like I said, I played a couple turns of this on Tabletopia recently, but I want to get this game so bad. Vitala Serda, I mean, I, I've got Kanban. He's I've your hero. The Gallerist. He's got Lisboa coming out next year. But one of his original games, CO2 and Vinos, were his two first games. Right. right? I've never played CO2. People love it. Um, but Vinos did a Kickstarter for a Deluxe Edition. So online right now, you can actually get Kickstarter or Vinos a Deluxe Edition or Vinos Deluxe Edition, the Kickstarter version. Right. So where you can get all the stretch goals and everything. So you can get both of those uh, right now, but they are very pricey. Both of them are very pricey. That's the one thing uh, Vital Acerta does. Is he, he makes expensive games. <laughs> he makes very expensive games. I mean, Kanban was reasonable at $60, and there's a lot of stuff in that box. But the Gallerist, I mean, what's a eighty dollar, ninety dollar game? It was. I think I I bought it with my own dollars, and I think I paid. Uh, <laughs> I think I paid seventy for it. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. But the pieces in that Eagle Griffin Games has had a habit lately of releasing just the most gorgeous, best components. I mean, the just the chits in that game are like two millimeter thick. Nice. Man, they're nice. So, uh, also Conan from Asmodee Editions. This is the big box Conan the Barbarian game based on the stories from Robert E. Howard. Right. Rather than the movie or rather yes. than the comic books. Based on Robert E. Howard's stories. And uh, it looks pretty fun. It's actually gotten really, really solid reviews. And I love Conan the Barbarian. Sure. As you know, Mr. Robert E. Howard from Cross Plains, Texas. Yes. Very close to uh, Stephenville here. Uh, they have Robert E. Howard Days every year, which is pretty cool. If you, have you ever been to that? I have. It's a lot of fun, actually. It's not something you want to go to more than once every five years, maybe. If, but If that... But it's fun to go to once at least. Um, the last thing that released in the last couple of weeks was Castle Panic, the Engines of War from Fireside Games. So this adds like ballista stuff to Castle Panic. Right. So it's a small expansion. I got it in. It's a small box expansion. Um, not as small as the last one, the Dark Titan. But, right. Um, pretty small. Not a, not a ton of stuff in there. But the, if you are a Castle Panic fan, there is new stuff for Castle Panic. So, D, let's talk about some release dates. On January 12th, we've got The Colonist from Mayfair Games. So uh, this is a new Euro game from Mayfair that's gotten pretty good reviews. Right. On December 21st, Mercury Games is going to be putting out a reprint of Martin Wallace's game, Princes of the Renaissance. And, and also in December, we've got three games. The Numenera starter set from Monty Cook Games. D, have you ever played Numenera? I have not, believe it or not. Yeah. So, I mean, Monty Cook is the guy who was, you know... Wholly responsible for 3.5, D&D 3.5. He was the last holdout from the Gygax era of yeah. this is a versus game and yeah. I am trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, I mean, 3.5, everyone's favorite oh, absolutely. edition of D&D. So Monty Cook went and started his own company. He releases two RPGs. One's called Numenera and one's called The Strange. Yes. Yeah. So Numenera is the big one and it's got... Tons of different modules and books. I mean, it's becoming a big thing, you know. Yes. That universe is expanding all the time. But the Numenera starter set, they're trying to do kind of what the D&D 5th edition starter set did, which is it includes pre-made characters. It includes the dice you need. It includes a, a thing to take you up to, like, level 5. Right. A little adventure module. Nice. So uh, if you're interested in Numenera, which is a really cool world, it's like it's a world where... 
in the far, far, far distant future, we've kind of gotten back to um, a, almost a medieval way of life. Okay. But as those people start discovering technology, they think it's magic. That makes sense. So you've got this like fantasy world mixed with technology, but that's considered magic, right. which is pretty cool, right? So there's not a bunch of races. There's only like three different classes of this one race. Okay. So you can only play like three different things. And I'm sure as more stuff came out, sure. there's more stuff you can play because it's not like a dwarf elf type of fantasy world. But Numenera is awesome. I've never gotten to play it, but I've got the, a couple of the books. Right. Like I've got the main book and then a couple of modules, stuff like that. The cool thing is one of the first adventure stories they released, um, there were three adventures in it. And you could play any of the three adventures, but if you played all three of them, they connected and they made these really interesting connections. Nice. Like if you were playing the third one, you would be like, oh, that's that character from the first, you know what I mean? Right. But if you were just playing the third one, you would have never known, needed to know that that character was from a previous adventure. Okay. Anyway, Numenera is pretty cool. There's a starter set coming out sometime this month. Also sometime this month, I'm excited about this trick of the rails from Mr. B Games. So this is from Hisashi Hayashi, and uh, this was that game that's like a a trick-taking game with 18xx elements. Yes. But, yeah, that's How does that cool, work? Right? I yeah. really want to get my hands on this. Yeah, Check me, it out. me too. I really want to play this. So also in December, another game I really want to try, a Euro game whose theme is a first-person shooter. Sounds good. Adrenaline from CGE. Really excited about that game. So uh, a lot of cool games coming out, D. Uh, hopefully we can get our hands on some of them. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so check out any of those games that have come out. And uh, you can any of the ones that haven't come out, you can uh, pre-order. You know, when we talk about release dates, we're pretty much talking about things that are available for pre-order. Yes. So, you know, there's tons of games with release dates. But these are the ones that you can now go on and pre-order. So, D, when we come back, we're going to be talking about Grand Prix from GMT Games. This is a follow-up to Thunder Alley, which we covered a few weeks ago. So we're very excited to talk about Grand Prix. And we'll talk about that right when we come back. Major Key Alert. Life is like school. You will be tested. So pass it. Learn the real major keys to getting to college at GetSchool.com. Brought to you by GetSchooled and the Ad Council. Bags and Boards is brought to you by Game and Movie Traders, located at 2900 West Washington Street, right next door to the movie theater. Games and Movie Trader does buy, sell, and trade for both new and used video games. They offer both new and classic video games for all systems, including PS4, Xbox One, as well as Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and all consoles in between. Information at 965GAME or at Facebook.com slash Game and Movie Traders Sville. All right, D, let's talk about Grand Prix. I'm excited about this. I'm going to let you explain it to us. Designed by Jeff and Carla Horger, who have released uh, quite a few games between them. They released a game called 20th Century Limited. Right. Um, but their main game from GMT Games is called Thunder Alley. Everybody loved Thunder Alley. Fantastic game. We reviewed it a few weeks ago. This is published also by GMT Games and is a follow-up to Thunder Alley. So where Thunder Alley was kind of NASCAR racing, this is Formula One, right? Correct. So uh, tell us about the game and kind of just the basic mechanics of the game, and then we'll get into the differences. So with Grand Prix, you have 22 cards on the track. Each player controls a team of two cars, and then depending on the number of players, players may also control uh, an NPC team, which the different teams are represented by different uh, shapes. Yeah. First thing that you notice 
is there are always 22 cars on the track. With Thunder Alley, the number of players dictated how big the race was. And it was it was usually, you know, a, a 12 to 15 car race. Yeah, yeah. Rounds were very quick. You activate a car by playing one of uh, the cards that were dealt to you. The number of cards a player gets depends on the number of players in the game. But basically the card just says the type of movement. So you may have a movement where everybody that's that's in line with this car does the thing. Yeah. Or maybe everybody in front or everybody behind. Or maybe the car just moves by itself. Yeah, yeah. But you play a card. It says how far to move. And then you move everybody who's who needs to move, and then it goes to the next person. Very quick play once you get the hang of it. You play a card, you move the pieces onto the next person. Once all the cars have been activated, all the cars have had a card played for them, you have a pit phase where you can move backwards and get damage repaired, which we'll get into why damage is important here in a bit. And uh, then you go to an event phase where something special happens. Maybe somebody wrecks. Maybe somebody gets spun around and they end up facing the wrong way. Maybe Maybe it starts raining. There's all kinds of things that happen in that deck. Maybe one of your cars explodes. Yes, maybe a car explodes. <laughs> yeah. You end up losing because yeah. you only have one car. Or maybe it doesn't matter because you win the race anyway. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that, that's what happened. But that is the basic game. It plays very similar to Thunder Alley in terms of the basic game mechanic. Yeah. The cards are, in fact, I don't recall seeing any different cards from the, the play deck. No, there's not really. No, they they're were, all pretty they're all much the same. exactly the same. As far There's as the a me- lot more cards Focused on diagonal movement. That's the only a thing bit more. I noticed, yeah. So that is the basic gameplay mechanic in a nutshell. If you've played Thunder Alley before, you will look at this. It will feel very familiar. You will understand the basic play mechanic very, very quickly. Yeah, and it's really a simple game to teach. Yes. I mean, these games are really simple to teach people because really what you're doing is once you explain a few simple rules, you're doing what the card says. It is It is literally play a card and do what it says. Yeah. So, yeah, any differences, like, right off the bat? Let's talk about some of the differences from Thunder Alley. Well, as I mentioned, there are always 22 cars in the race, which in turn means that this game can be played by up to 11 people, which is yeah. kind of impressive to me. And your hand size shrinks based on the number of NPC cars. Yeah. So at that point, you've only got, I think, three cards to play with. Yeah, yeah. Because you're only going to activate your two cars, and then you're done. The boards are much windier, they are much more narrow. It is harder to get around people as opposed to Thunder Alley. Thunder Alley had a lot of three wide racing, a lot of yeah, big yeah. open spaces. Um, right. It is a lot tougher to get around. It is a lot tougher to pass people in, in Grand Prix, which is a much more authentic feel because it's harder to pass people in Formula One. But that said, it, it does make the game play differently as yeah. well. So, yeah, D, I've only played this two player. Right. Um, and right off the bat, you think. Oh, this is really, really similar to Thunder Alley. It is the initial feel, absolutely. But then you start kind of noticing the differences, and the biggest difference is activating those NPC cards. And when I started playing it, I thought, oh, this is, it's such a slog having to activate every single one of these cards. Right. And then when I started getting into it, you start really seeing how you can make these NPC cards work for you. I mean, you can win, winning or losing the race really has less to do with activating your own two cars and, and more more with the NPC cars. Absolutely true. I mean, your two cars, you have to activate them at the right time because once you've used them, they're used and you're going to take damage on. Yep. Um, but, I mean, activating those NPCs and each of us, like you said, have one of the types of NPCs that only we can control. So there's there's one one type out there, either stars or triangles or whatever, that you can't use. Right. So you have to make sure to not, to remember that you can't use it and not have any plans based on that car, you know. And just like in Thunder Alley, lapped cars get removed from the game. So 
you have to be careful with your NPC cars. Obviously, not to the same degree as the cars that matter. Your you know your actual team's yeah, cars. Yeah. But if you if you play poorly with your NPC cars and you get a couple of the cars that only you can control get yeah. lapped, uh, it puts you at a severe disadvantage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and a couple of the other uh, differences were, like you said, the way you pit um, NPCs is based on their number. So the one of the event cards might say pit ones. Yes. So anyone that ends in a one, you pit it and move it five spaces back. Correct. So your pitting is uh, different, right? In Thunder Alley, it was just you move back five, right? I believe that is correct, In yes. this one, um, the type of damage you take, each each damage type has a number on the bottom. And if you want to remove that damage, that's how many spaces you move back. Which is really cool to me. Yeah. You know, if you, if you want to get a, a couple of dings out or you want to change your tires, it's no big deal. Yeah. If you want to uh, fix the engine damage you took during the first lap, yeah, you're going to get pretty far behind. Yeah, you're going to you, you've got to, you know, and and just like actual NASCAR or Formula One in this case, that damage, you know, fixing that takes a while. That takes time. Yeah, you lose if, spots. If you're taking on a lot of damage, you've got to really, really hope that your opponent is taking on a lot of damage too. Yes. Because if they're not having to pit as much as you are, then they're going to win the race. Absolutely. Um, and really, like we said, uh, the only way to counteract that is by using the NPCs to their full advantage, right? Um, so how you win, the first 10 places get points. So With Thunder Alley, everybody got points. It was just yeah. a matter of how many. Yeah, one point for number 22 or whatever. Yes. Um, so the first 10 places get points. So you want at least one of your cars. You want both of your cars to be in the top 10, right? Obviously. I mean, uh, but you want at least one of your cars to be in the top two or three. Yeah, um... To give to give an idea of scale difference, um, first place for uh, Thunder Alley I think was like forty eight points, and second place was like forty five or forty four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really close. And this one, it's like Thunder in in Formula One. First place is twenty five points. Third place is fifteen. Yeah, it's like yeah. Huge second difference. is eighteen, right? Yes. So I mean, even that's a big it's, jump. It's too. huge jump. So D, I got to tell you uh, before we talk more about the game, my my proudest moment in gaming with you is that one of the event cards, and this is crazy that this can happen. It caused me to lose one of my cars completely. Yes. You only have two cars, so we had about a half a lap left where I had to make it so that. That, that's the cool thing about these NPCs. I was able to get my car into first place and get enough NPC cars in front of your second car that your second car didn't place. That's right. So, I mean, even losing a car, using these NPC cars, you can still win the game. Yeah, I ended up coming in cool, right? sixth or something like that. And I ended up conceding because I looked at the math and was like, there's no way I can catch you. You yeah. won the race and I can't get to 25 points. Yeah, you had to be at least fifth place. Yes. So and it was impossible for me to get there, so... Yeah, so I really, and you don't score any points for the NPC cars. None. Uh, but the way you can use them is to try and get them through that finish line before your opponent. And and use them to, to deny your opponent points, basically. Yeah. So just like Thunder Alley playing these cars, I mean cards, <laughs> cars and cards, yeah. So playing these cards is really, really fun and strategic. They've got actions on them that some of them do. Like yes. you still have clean air, which you can travel around half the track with. You know? Yes, which is um, so crazy. Yeah. Uh, so the, what they have on them is they'll show you whether it's going to pull the whole line of cars, whether it's going to pull 
just um, the cars in front of you or the cars behind you, or if it's a solo movement. And those are the only four types of cars. That's it. The only differences are they're going to have different movement on them, and there's a top movement and a bottom movement. The top is where you move normally. The bottom movement is what the speed you move coming out of the pit. Correct. So, um, And that's all they tell you except for your action, which all of them don't have actions. Most of them do. A lot of the times you don't even need to use the action that's on the yeah, you're just moving it. Car. Yeah, you're just using it as a, a means to get around the board. Yeah. The action is, it's there, but it's not that big a deal. Yeah. So, also, damage you take when you when you play the card. Yeah, that's true. Um, so really, the only um, a couple of the negatives for this game that I have sure. is that I've only played it two player, and like you said, this lessens as you go. But starting the game with twelve cards is kind of like what it is do, daunting. How do I even start? Yes, you know what I mean. Um, the events, um, I get, I mean, like, like I talked about, it's like, it's sort of like, um, you know, there's a designer who, uh, I can't think of his name, but he does games like Greenland and, um, uh, High Frontier, like the space game. Right. And what his big deal is, is that they're almost simulations rather than games. Right. Right. So he's sacrificing fun for realism. Correct. So this game with the events sort of does that, right? To an to an extent. So, I mean, it was kind of like, and it, it ended up being a lot of fun because I still was able <laughs> to get it done, which is pretty cool. But, you know, like, oh, you lost a car because we wanted this game to be realistic. That sometimes can be a bit of a downer, right? If that had happened, like, at the end of the first round, you know, where we're finishing up lap one. Yeah. I don't think we had quite finished up lap one at the end of the first round. Yeah, yeah. It's... It is uh, much more of an issue, I think. Yeah, that's true. Too. You know, you only played effectively one one round yeah, with yeah. only one car. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's kind of my least problem with the game. But, right. I mean, just sometimes that can, you know, sometimes you don't want to sacrifice fun for realism. And this doesn't do it to a high degree, but just a little bit, right? Okay. So if that's a problem for you, you might want to, like, really look at it and see, right? So my other thing is fiddliness. It is fiddly. It's like extremely fiddly. This one, I think, might even be more fiddly. I think it is. Um, there's so many tiny, tiny little chits and pieces and cars, and every time you move a line, you might be moving a line of 20 cars. It's possible. And every card you play, you have to move every single one of those cars seven spaces <laughs> or whatever. Yep. I mean, that can get... I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but it's you. you spend almost... You spend more time moving the cars with your fingers than you do playing, playing the game. Yeah, um, and the only other thing is D. I don't know why they made this decision. Right, this is one of the worst decisions that they could have made. So in the original game, you how you play this game is once you've activated a car, you flip it. Yes. So in Thunder Alley, it. You know, one side was outlined in white, one side was outlined in black. It was right? extremely easy to tell. Very, very easy to tell. In this game, one is gray, and the other one is darker gray, but not that much darker. If they are sitting next to each other, like you have a you have a three cars in a line, one is dark, one is light, one is dark, you can tell. Yeah. It's not hard. If you are attempting to set up the board, and you pick up a tile, and you look at it, and you're like, what side is this car on? You, you're almost guaranteed to have to look at both sides and be like, all right, which side is darker? Which yeah. side do I want? Oh, for sure, man. And you also get this thing where, you know, I ask you a lot, are we going light to dark or dark to light? Yep. So you got that thing. There's not really a way to tell. They need to have like a, uh, uh, a, a even a card that's double-sided. One says light and one says dark. Right. To where 
at the end of each round, you flip it so I can look at it and go, okay, I know I'm going to the light color side. You know what I mean? That would be just nice. Just something like that. You could almost just make that yourself. Just get a piece of paper and write light and dark and flip it every time. My my biggest complaint with this game, and it goes along with the fiddliness, is just the excessive number of chits. Um, yeah. This game, so one of the things that you do in this game is you keep up with what type of tire your cars are, yeah. are using. So, in theory, if every car was using the same type of tire and you were playing an 11-person game, you would need 22 of this of each type of chit. Yeah. There are probably 40 of each. Yeah. And, and redundancy is nice to a point to have a couple of extras, I suppose, but there are so many extraneous extra markers that just take up space and make the game harder to get set up and make the game harder to put up. Yeah, yeah. It is just a complete pain um, and one of my biggest problems with games in general is how long does it take me to get this out? And how long does yeah, it take me to oh, put it up? Sure. And this game takes forever. It feels like yeah. separating all of those little cardboard chits for sure. And luckily, we put them in different bags this time. Which yes, is, which will help the process, but, but not that much. Not yeah, that much. It's still a problem. Even separating them is still a problem. Yes, you know. So, uh, D, I gotta say, if you, for me, if you definitely Thunder Alley. It's kind of a little bit ahead for me, but this game is a little more strategic, which I also like. So I think once I get a couple more plays of this one, it might inch ahead. Right. So if you want the easier game to get into, the easier game to play, definitely check out uh, Thunder Alley, right? If you're looking for a little more strategy and, and you know, using those NPC cars to your advantage is very strategic and very fun, then this might be the game. Which one's your favorite out of the two? Um, I, I'm not sure. They're, they're very close. I'm right yeah, there with yeah. you. Um, Thunder Alley is definitely the easier of the two to play because of the lack of excess cars, the NPC yeah. cars. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, uh, Thunder Alley has a lot more depth, has a lot more options in terms of ways to get at your opponents. You know, there's not a whole lot you can do to, yeah. to, to, hinder, your, to hinder the other guy yeah, yeah. once he's ahead. Or to really get away from everybody once once you are ahead. Yeah, um, that's much more doable in this game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Either way, I would say if you're if you're a fan of Thunder Alley, yeah, get it because if nothing else, the maps are completely one hundred percent compatible. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then there's a map pack expansion, so there's uh, ostensibly sixteen maps out there for each of these games, which is pretty cool, right? It's amazing, like in to, my opinion. I'd like to get out a couple of the Thunder Alley maps and play vice versa. Sure. You know? So anyway, if you are a fan of NASCAR, Formula One racing, or you know someone who is, these games are great, excellent simulations of these games. Yes. The rules are uh, probably, if you're a newer gamer, a little bit daunting, but once you really get into it, it's a simple game because you're pretty much doing what the card says. There's a lot of little extra rules that you have to remember. But if you wanted to not bother with those... You could. You could. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so anyway, great game, just like Thunder Alley. Sure. This this was an A-plus game for me. I really liked it. I, I didn't go that high, but I didn't go that high with Thunder Alley to begin yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a if big, I'm giving big it, fan of Thunder Alley. If I'm really. giving it a letter grade, I'd probably go BB+. Plus. Okay, cool. So, uh, D, uh, we're going to get out of here. So sure. this is, uh, I, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. A little bit different, and uh, this is how it'll be from now on, but I hope everyone enjoyed it. A few kinks to work out, but we're, we're getting there. Yeah, for sure. So uh, if you join us next week, I sit down with D. Brad Talton Jr., the president of Level 99 Games and the designer of Millennium Blades, Pixel Tactics, and one of my favorite games, BattleCon, 
devastation of Indians. Really uh, cool interview. I hope everyone joins us for that. So once again, we're on Twitter at Bags and Boards TX, Facebook.com slash Bags and Boards, and go to our SoundCloud page, SoundCloud.com slash Bags and Boards. I'm Lance McFarlane here with D. Clark, and we will see you guys next week. Bye, everybody.